0: All right, so week five, we're past a month. We're becoming, we're going from newborns to novices. What have we learned in the last week?
1: I don't know that we've really learned anything. I feel like I've had finally a, a slow week. I feel like i finally caught up with my stuff. I had a slow week where I got to enjoy a lot of time reading and being outside and doing other things than work, which feels really good.
0: I would agree not like, I don't even think you have your video idea picked for this week and I have not been filming this week because we have the, uh, or I have a video idea where we're going to do a tour out here for tiny home tours. I think it's just been so chill. We haven't really had any set things that we had to do.
1: Allie came to visit. Yeah. So Allie came to visit, we finished a bunch of our chores. Those are becoming a lot quicker, I think. We're like, okay, boom, 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 we just have to get water or we have to cut wood or I'm gonna cut wood, you're gonna do the toilet kind of thing. We've both been kind of just like when water is running low, if we wanna get outside or go do something, we just take a a bluey down to the water, which has been nice.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think the tasks have, where when we first started, it was a little bit more of a bigger to-do. Yeah, like, okay, I agree. We got to do the wood. Okay, let's do it. We got to go down there and get the, the water. You scoop and I'll fill, to where now it's just becoming definitely more of just a day to day. Like yesterday, I was getting some work done, you started cutting wood. And then I knew that we need to get the composting toilet changed. So I just changed the composting toilet what you're doing wood. Two tasks right out of the way. Yeah. To where it's just becoming definitely more of just an uh, like part of our routine. No different from making coffee. Right. No different from walking the dogs. It's just like okay, composting toilet. Okay, water. Okay, wood. Whether it be stacking it up in here, it's just becoming more routine. I was actually thinking about that. Today, actually, I don't remember what exactly was happening. Oh, I sat at the desk up front when I first got some work done this morning. I haven't sat up there the whole time we were here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, it's weird sitting here to where I've just become so acclimated to have my little desk area up there Mm -hmm. or sitting in the bathroom or sitting in the bed next to the fire, like just this warmer area back here where I I didn't even think about it.
1: It's Mm -hmm. just
0: become so second nature that it felt weird to sit at my normal desk.
1: Yeah.
0: It just made me think about how adaptable humans really are.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, especially because I've been, you know, getting in a good handful of comments on social media that range anything from, like, I would never do that. I just have to walk to my tap. Or um, like you guys aren't. What did they say? Um, the thing about like benefiting society. Oh, like. Like you're not contributing. You're not yeah. contributing anything to society because you're just surviving. Like there's so much of a range there, and living this living this way in the winter, and then getting those comments from people that are very ignorant to different ways of life. And then also reading the book through, through Miriam's eyes. Right now I'm reading um, the second book by Miriam Lansford Wood called Wild at Heart. And they are currently visiting so many different countries and seeing so many different ways of living while they're living very primitively. And it just makes me, yeah, think about how adaptive we are. Like if we don't have certain resources, or if we don't have certain comforts, it's never as bad as people think it is. Mm. Yeah. Well, And I don't want to like discount. Yeah. There's third world countries. Like people are in really bad shape. Absolutely. And I'm not just like, I'm not discounting that. I'm not discussing that, but like the creature comforts or needing to work a little harder for certain things, like from the outside looking in, it's not that bad. I don't feel like we're out here just surviving. We're not on alone, like literally starving to death, you know, like, this is enjoyable. It is so fun. It it provides so much like gratitude in our lives. Like it's really powerful.
0: Yeah, I think another way to look at it because there there is that fine line of, like the third world country side of things. People are really struggling. That that is reality, and not discounting that. I think the way that I look at it, it's the stoic philosophy of going without for two or three days a week or a week a month. Um, Tim Ferriss in his book The Four Hour Work Week talks about how usually the fear of living a certain way is worse than actually living a certain way. So what he would do is, um, I, f- I forget what it's called. I think it's like fear discounting, um, but he would literally sleep on the floor and only eat beans for three days a month. And that would be like, is this what I fear? It's really not that bad. Like you will survive, you'll figure it out, you'll adapt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Yeah. Just going back to your whole range of people being like, Oh, I couldn't do that. I need my tap water versus you're not contributing to society. You're just surviving out there like the whole spectrum. It's like people are coming at it with their own ideas and beliefs and lived experience Mm -hmm. and they're projecting that out in both positive and negative. Right. So it is, it is interesting being on the side of it because like you said, like how enjoyable this, this is, and how much you appreciate the water. Like, like I'm gonna be doing dishes after this and I was getting water out of the Berkey and it's like water that we scooped out of the river, brought it up, filtered it through the Berkey, then put it in a kettle to warm up on the wood stove to then put in our Nemo shower to do dishes. It's like mm-hmm. when you're participating in each step, it makes you appreciate it more. Yeah. Just just like our ugly chicken we haven't eaten yet. Mm-hmm. Like. It's scary looking, and I do want to eat it, but at this point, I appreciate it so much because we literally went to the farm, like we we didn't clean the chickens or anything, we didn't kill them, but we took them home and then sectioned them off and then put them in the jars, pressure canned them, stacked them in the bus, organized them in the bus, like it's just more of an appreciation for every small detail and every step, and we're not even to the to the even basics like i'll I'll fully admit i'll always say we're only 20 percent getting into this lifestyle like it's not like we're out here becoming pros of off-grid living right like we're still dabbling
1: yeah for sure
0: but it does make you appreciate things differently
1: yeah and i think when you talk through like all of the steps like for instance you talking to the steps of the dishes Like it sounds like so much, like people are listening to that and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so much work, but it's, it's really like not (laughs) like I woke up this morning and it's as simple as like, okay, before I put my tea kettle on or my kettle for hot water on the stove, um, I just dump some water in the Berkey. And then 10 minutes later I can fill up the kettle and it's just kind of like mindless work like being productive throughout your day doing these little things that contribute to comfortable living and that's just it's just really nice i just really like it
0: i do too i think it it just goes back to you know what we said before in previous podcasts just how enjoyable it is out here and how how I had the preconceived notions even before I got out here, what it'd be like, how our time would be spent and the realities of it.
1: How have those preconceived notions evolved? Like thinking back to what you thought versus what it feels like right now, sitting here today?
0: I think like we talked about the amount of free time we would have. Yeah. How difficult it would be. How
1: like you thought it was going to be more difficult but you also thought we would have more free time correct
0: correct like i i thought the cold would uh would be like something that we were fighting against rather than living amongst mm-hmm. figured it'd be like a nonstop, consistent thing like this this thing outside that we had to deal with all the time to where it's just like more of a companion mm-hmm. it's just part of it i thought the free time like we would just be twiddling our thumbs out here like obviously working on our business and like getting a lot of stuff done that we wanted to do online. Like I figured that'd be part of it, but I didn't realize just how much time living takes out here. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's, it's, it's not a negative. It's not a bad thing. Like I'm, I'm purely enjoying it, but I thought that it'd be more of a more of a struggle to be out here overall, whether it be the water, whether it be, keeping track of our food, whether it be the power, like I thought that it would be this, this uphill battle that's consistently that we're consistently fighting. In reality, what it has been is just more adaptation to the current situation and figuring it out and enjoying the process of figuring it out, whether it be cutting holes in a tote to make our little battery Jackery box that allows the Jackeries to stay warm, or using the sled to bring the water up or walking the dogs, like literally just every aspect.
1: Mm -hmm. I think, I know a lot of people don't think it's very
0: cool. (laughs) I think it's pretty amazing. Um, You mentioned Allie.
1: Yeah. You should
0: mention who that is and what we did while it was up here and what it was like having a childhood friend. Yeah that you grew up with come out and see that you're living in a school bus in the woods. Like yeah. what, what that experience was like.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, she's not surprised at all that I'm doing this. Like it didn't, there was no feelings towards that, but Allie's my childhood best friend. We were born 10 days apart and grew up right across the street from each other. Like she was my best friend since I, since before I even knew how to say the word friend basically. And so Allie and I grew up together. And she now has a little, like the most adorable little baby, Chloe. And so her and Chloe came up. Next time her um, husband will also be up here with us, Lucas. So Allie and Lucas and Chloe will be up here next time, hopefully. And so yeah, Allie and Chloe came up and It was just the best day. It was really cool too, because we kind of prepared for her to be up here. So I made some apple crumble and we got our chores all done so that we could really just all spend time together in the bus. I also didn't know if, um, like, of course I didn't know how comfortable Chloe would be in here. You know, like you never know. People are also like, moms are very different with like, of course, anxiety or what their baby has already been exposed to as far as like outdoors or whatever. But Allie and Chloe and Lucas, they go camping all the time. They spend a lot of time in their camper or up north in the UP with Chloe. And so it was like absolutely no big deal that she was here. And I love Chloe. I feel like she is my niece.
0: She's a cool little baby. She is
1: the coolest little baby. And so, yeah, we just hung out and we went for... Um, two long walks down the road, the first walk, um, Chloe didn't love the last like 10 minutes of it.
0: <laughs> <Didn't> love. That's <laughs> an elegant way of putting it. I
1: know. Um, and so for our second long walk, we put her and Allie in the sled and then took turns, um, like. For the first part of it Allie was holding Chloe in the sled and Chris and I were taking turns pulling her down the road and then on the way back I held Chloe in the sled and Allie and Chris pulled me back and it was just so fun um yeah it was just awesome and it's really cool it's actually kind of funny that I'm saying it like this but Allie and I we don't get to see each other a whole lot but we're the type of friends where like, that doesn't really matter. Like we're best friends. And if we don't see each other for a few months, we get together and we pick up right where we left off. Like it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel odd, but it's funny. um, Like each time we're in a new place together just to think about where we're at in our lives. So like she has a baby, like that's amazing. And I'm living out in the woods. Like that's also amazing because both of those things are things that we wanted and like created in our lives.
0: Right with with a very like with her a very intentional um intense career
1: yeah she's a nurse
0: um married with a house like it's it's almost polar opposites yeah and not the ones better or the worse it's just like kind of reiterating a little bit more context to what you're saying there like like it's, it's obvious like when you two are together how good of friends you are mm-hmm. like it doesn't surprise me at all that you guys were friends from childhood
1: mm-hmm.
0: like you can just kind of tell and just how how the paths have divided but you guys are still able to come together
1: yeah yeah for sure and with like complete respect and love for each other's decisions and that's what makes us best friends and continue to be best friends because like there's no pressure from me to be like you should live in a van and travel whatever and she's like you should you know she, she would never be like you should have a baby now like we just love and accept each other for what we're doing and who we are and that's what makes it so beautiful so having her up here was amazing yeah i love i love Allie and i love chloe and i love lucas
0: yeah i'm i'm excited i haven't met lucas yet but i did meet Allie um briefly in sturgeon bay i think i had my mini bus yeah. i was traveling around and i think that was for the vcon that i went to i think i had that mini bus there and met her briefly and it's always fun to show people the bus especially like when i meet them and i try and describe it to them and then be like okay this is actually what i was show, like telling you about and one one note here um i think it's interesting that every one of our guests has refused to use the composting toilet and they always pee outside
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i did i refused when i when we first met too
0: is it just like a weird contraption that you're scared you might mess up?
1: It's literally just easier to pee outside.
0: <laughs> wow, the toilet.
1: No, it's just easier. And like both of those people, so my mom and Allie are who he's, he's talking about.
0: Also, um, Uncle Bill.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, also you're like peeing right next to people. Yeah. You know? I
0: mean, yeah, I guess, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's negative. It's just interesting to me that how it's just so normal that that's a toilet. I don't think twice about it, but some people were like, eh, okay. You, you know that that Elon Musk or that Drake meme that you see from time to time where he's like- Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Like literally, that's that's what I see in my head, people being like,
1: "Yeah,"
0: outside toilet.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel outside, like if people yeah. are campers, they just prefer to pee outside regardless.
0: That's true. Um, I would say this last week, we've seen more wildlife in the last week than we have, and evidence of wildlife in the last week than we have the entire time we've been out here. So within the last 24 hours, at least for me, I've seen four to five deer, one actually looked like a buck. This morning, right before the podcast, we saw a group of five or six turkeys.
1: Finally, because we've been seeing their tracks everywhere and we hadn't spotted any, but they walked right into our camp.
0: Um, you saw a bald eagle fly over when we were walking with Allie and Chloe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we saw evidence of woodpeckers. We saw evidence of squirrels.
1: We've seen woodpeckers. We've seen pileated woodpeckers, a few of them.
0: I haven't seen them. You haven't? Uh-uh. Oh. I, w- I wish I did. It'd be cool to see them. Um, but this it's the first time I saw evidence, actually. Like, yeah. just up close. It was right on the trail where they were going after bugs. I thought they were going after their stored nuts. Apparently, I was wrong. Stored
1: nuts? They eat bugs, bitch. I know, but oh. I,
0: I, I thought they literally pecked out <laughs> the trees and put nuts in there and then came back to get them later. I hadn't...
1: That's so funny. I,
0: I had no idea. Like I think I watched Woody the Woodpecker when I was young, and I always thought he put... Like he would do his woody woodpecker thing and he'd put nuts and hide them.
1: So <laughs> They're I just, not squirrels. <laughs> I, I, just,
0: I just thought that's what woodpeckers do.
1: So for those of you that maybe are new to woodpecker um, living, <laughs> what you'll notice a lot if you spend time in the forest that um, there will be like old... Yeah. This is not coffee. you want more? No, I'm just okay. trying to... Um, you'll notice that there will be like old trees or um, like dead trees still standing and you'll see these um, like holes drilled into them, it looks like. And what what woodpeckers do is they, they go to these like older um, trees that are usually decaying because that's where you'll find a lot of bugs that are kind of, you know, helping the wood decay and eating it or whatever. And woodpe- woodpeckers can hear. So they, they listen to where the bugs are inside, which is fascinating. And then they peck them out. And that's what they eat, they eat, you know, they're carnivores or maybe, maybe they eat their omnivores. I don't know that. I don't know, but I know that they eat bugs and they peck them out. And, um, there's some really cool thing about how they don't get like brain damage because they're, they're like pecking so hard. (laughs) I don't know the mechanism between
0: their skull and brain.
1: I don't know. Actually, I think my mom just sent me something on it. I should watch it.
0: Well, either way, we, we've seen a lot more and we've, encountered more animals this last week than pretty much the in, the entire time i'd say within definitely this last week for me since we've been out here yeah encountered more animals and i wonder if it's um after new year's less people are out here so more animals are starting to come up like with the turkeys first time seeing them actually kobe's jumped up and looked out the window and it took us a couple seconds to spot him because yeah. they, they're pretty far away he spotted him pretty far out um but they walked up to camp and then did a wide berth around it once mm-hmm. once they got here so just curious i guess we haven't even seen tracks of them so maybe they're just moving more with less people out here yeah
1: maybe because
0: it seemed like there was an influx of people out here for christmas and yeah new year. um also this week the solar is up to 99 100 percent. and then after this podcast i'll probably put a propane tank in here to warm up and then we are going to get this up to 100 percent. reason for that is Um, one of the batteries was getting lower than the rest and still figuring out these sock batteries. I think it's a programming thing to where they're not communicating the way that they should. And one of the batteries was reading way lower than the other batteries. So basically the idea is to bump all the batteries up to a hundred percent. And then hopefully this time their rate of just discharge will be equal, but with that Right now we only have two completely full propane tanks, two half full, and the rest of the tanks are basically a quarter to none. So we have about three, three and a half tanks without going through the small ones. Like I I think the ones that are pretty much empty, they'll run the generator for 15, 20 minutes and then they'll freeze over. So we have about, a little bit less than half the capacity of propane for generator. However, we do have 100% now. And when we first got out here, before we started unplugging and moving everything out, I think we got down to like 40%. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see if we're able to maintain this 100%. I really hope we can for, or at least, you know, make it go slower. Yeah because we still have two months.
1: Yep, pretty much exactly.
0: Pretty much exactly. So hopefully the sun starts coming out, as you can probably see from this video. If you're watching the video, it's cloudy today. We'll just roll with it, do the best we can. Mm -hmm. Days are getting longer. That day that we did have full sun, the battery actually went up 2% and we were using, I think we kicked it on once to charge laptops or did we not even, Do we do that? I don't know. I think I charged my laptop once and we actually went up 2%. So all we needed is the sun, even with the angles, even with everything else.
1: Yeah. Which we haven't been getting, but <laughs> maybe we will.
0: Yeah. Anything else this week? I...
1: We've ate a, ate a lot of chili, our bison chili that we canned during the summer, and it has just been so good. That's been wonderful.
0: You added some some noodles to it?
1: Yeah, to make it last a little bit longer.
0: We've had that, what, three nights in a row now?
1: Mm-hmm. Today will be four. I just keep adding a jar of chili every time I warm up our old chili, so it just <laughs> continues to last us because I just keep adding it. It's so good, though. Do love it. Other than that, I don't I don't know that much else really happened. We've just been doing chores, getting our work done, which has been frustrating for me. I've been having some frustrating stuff with work pop up. Um I've been spending a lot of time outside near the fire.
0: I would say for me it work work's been kind of it's been chill in terms of filming and everything, but work's picked up because we brought Brought on four new people. So coordinating that, it's beginning of the year, getting all our meetings done, getting plans for the upcoming year. So while it's been chill on the filming side, it has been kind of busy in terms of business. Getting things organized. A big project that I was excited about starting has been delayed. A uh a build that we were gonna do, the bus broke down at not a cheap rate. So that that was kind of a bummer. I think it's it's interesting that being that we're sectioned off here, there's an but it might might be more common for us being that we work online.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But we're here living this life and there's an outside world that can absolutely affect our mood and our and our workflow. Yeah, because I, I just picked up on that correlation with what you're dealing with, with your stresses of work and then yeah. mine. And it's just this outside world that we cannot participate in. But we're sitting back here and watching and trying to move levers and gears and mechanisms to try and make sure everything is going smoothly. Yeah. But in the end, we can't do anything about it.
1: Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm really craving just like getting my pack on and going out for four days in in the backcountry and just not filming and not having my phone on and just being out there. Because, and I think people get this a little bit mixed up, but being off-grid doesn't mean that you just don't have technology and you don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe years and years and years ago, well, there wasn't even a grid to be off of years and years and years ago, but like, it's not like we can just be isolated without anything. Like we, I don't, I'm not retired. (laughs) Even retired people these days can't do that, you know? And so when Chris talks about the outside world having an effect on our mood, like two things for me that have come up and like had some really intense mm, impacts on my life and my mood have been like an influx of, um, I guess you could call them like, hate comments or, or disrespectful words from people that don't know me online and stuff with work that has been really frustrating. And yeah, it's, it's so interesting how much that outside world does really impact And I'm really looking forward to getting out of the backcountry and just stepping away for a little bit. But that takes preparation with work. You know, I Mm -hmm. have to prepare and be caught up and allow that like time for me to be completely away.
0: Yeah. And I think context to that is both your YouTube and Instagram and also TikTok have blown up. And for those that don't know the social media game, when you grow very quickly, you get a bunch of people that don't know who you are and they just take a snap judgment of... The situation kind of like we're talking about the shared experience of people's lives like people have sure. their own versions of the world they just comment bullshit and i'm experiencing that too with some of the recent stuff with the off-grid one of the videos i think is up to like 120,000 views so it's like literally you get people that are like you're such an idiot you didn't know this i'm like yeah dude i, I didn't know like
1: but that's also so much of I'm how sorry. we share <laughs> yeah. you know like both you and i were like hey we're just figuring this out hey look at this thing i learned hey like we're just this. This is an experiment, and then people are like shitting on us yeah. for not being experts. And we're like, that's our platform. Yeah. It's not being experts. They're
0: like, you are such a f- idiot. How <laughs> could you even think that? Are you a newborn? And I'm like, dude, I didn't know. Like, yeah. how how would I know this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it, it's definitely part of the game um for sure. It's it's a mental game, but.
1: But then there's, of course, the opposite side of people that are really inspired and people that right. want to ask questions and that are but, aspiring to do this, which
0: thing. is the vast yeah. majority. It is. I think like, you know, when it, when it comes down to it and I've listened to podcasts because content creators, you learn this stuff and it's like something that affects everybody equally. And it's so hardwired in our brain to where if, if there is somebody within our tribe that has an issue with us. That is saying a particular thing. That's life or death. That's very important for us. And this this is the theory of why it's, these mm. comments are so so impactful. But the thing is, we're not in a tribe of 130 people. We don't. I think it's yeah. Dunbar's number. But our brains are still wired for that. So when we hear that, we're fight or flight. Like, oh, we might die now. You know what I mean? But the reality is, it's just Sally Pants 92, probably some 13 year old kid living in his mom's basement, or. a 45 year old dude. That's very unhappy with his life yeah. or woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not people that are even close to being part of our tribe.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that. Cause like, logically, I know that, you know, like logically you're like, okay. Yeah. We know that our brain isn't, isn't hardwired in a way to allow like opinions of literally hundreds of thousands of millions of people. And, and yet, like even just last night, when you're talking about like you go to flight or fight or flight you know last night somebody had commented like that i was greedy and just looking for a super thanks and i literally started sweating i was like oh my god like i don't even know what a super thanks is (laughs) (laughs) like what's a super thanks what is he even saying like why why am i being greedy by just sharing about my little wood stove (laughs) you know and i was just sweating sitting in silence like oh my gosh this person like oh no but of course then it just takes some time to like be like, Realize it's not about you, you know, it's like, okay, I don't know what this really means. Let's just block and move on and like whatever. But it it is that like fight or flight. Like you get sweaty, you feel like shit, but yeah, anyway, we don't have to talk about this.
0: Yeah. Well, with with your backcountry thing, um, in the past in the last podcast you asked me if if I would be up for it. And I think what we've talked about doing is you get caught up with work. I will come out for one night with the cobes. Um, and basically Set it up to because we've been getting some warmer weather and if it only gets down to 25 through 28 the bus will be totally fine we'll just run the wood stove block off the black air back area and i think the batteries and everything will be fine overnight um i'll come out with you one night experience it come back Me and coves will come back and then you and akila will stay out an extra three nights or so yeah so we we've been kind of planning for that and i think that you would absolutely murder if you did a video on that like i'm excited to see or but
1: i don't think i want to film like i just want to be there i
0: was was gonna say like we've i guess we never talked to that part but i think if you did record yourself out there doing that that would murder that's not here nor there we also talked about maybe next week starting our construction project whether that be a sauna whether that be a wood room we can't really dig into the the ground right now so we can't really do the the walk-in root cellar or whatever, or maybe we can, I, I, I don't know. We we want to get to the point to where we want to start a project using all those logs that we have out there.
1: Yeah. I think it'd be really cool to go down by the river and make like a little sauna so we could jump in the river and then go into the sauna. I don't think you'd be super stoked on jumping in the river, but
0: like right, right now or spring.
1: Right now.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I would just cause I don't want to get stuck under the ice.
1: You wouldn't, you can stand in that river.
0: Okay. So look, look at it this way. So down a little bit further, there is an open spot yeah. and it's flowing. If you get sucked under there, that's like three inches of ice. It doesn't matter if you can stand or not. Like it might be a disadvantage cause you would get sucked under <laughs> and then it's literally hundred yards of ice. And if you're getting pulled back, you're, you're screwed. Right. Have you ever been swept in, in water?
1: No, but we also don't have to be in the middle of the river.
0: Or would we just like punch out a little spot
1: yeah it i mean I would, sit in it like a tub
0: i i would be up for that
1: okay <laughs> i also know the river and you have never been in the river and so maybe there's a differing like right you know what i mean like i i know the current of the river there
0: right have Have you been swept in current when you haven't wanted to like i'm, I'm not even talking i haven't like, been
1: in an undertow no
0: that is like like the feeling i'm getting is yeah. that yeah because i've i've been in that and it is like, like my heart's racing a little bit thinking about it.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just like, I'm, I'm thinking of being stuck under ice with that to where I had a hard time even getting up to breathe Yeah. what I was in. Can't imagine three inches of ice up above me. So again, I, I, I don't know the river. it's neither here nor there, but it would be cool to, to work on a building project. And like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, we're going to, or at least I'll film for tiny home tour as a whole tour of our little compound out here
1: <clears throat>
0: just kind of modifications to the bus your van how we get water our little wood spot out there and other than that what I'm thinking is we're we plan on doing laundry today oh gosh <laughs> should I just do it because I, I, I really don't mind I,
1: laundry. I,
0: I okay how, how about this
1: no I'm fine helping I just like I don't know. I am dreading laundry. I'm very no. I I don't want you to just do it. It's just like no. it's one of those things of where it's like this looming thing, and then once you just get into it, then you're just doing it. And it's I fine.
0: have some middle ground. This this is what we can do. You make me some gnocchi.
1: No, I want to help with laundry. I'm not going to. And let I you can do laundry. That. No, it's not that I don't want to do it. It's the thought of all of my precious little clothes being wet and needing to dry them, which will be fine.
0: Your precious, like, do you mean like your wool stuff, or like? Yeah,
1: like the only clothes that I wear, basically.
0: I mean, same same here. But okay, so this was, I was actually, before I went to bed last night, I was thinking about this. We can blast the wood stove. We have our little table right there. When I kick the generator on to get the batteries to full 100%, we'll just, I'll charge the our little fan, our battery fan, and then, because we're, we're gonna dry them in here, with a laundry rack in the shower, just rinse, like ring them out as much as we can, blast that wood stove, put that fan right there to blast the hot air on there, and just keep that fan going. Mm-hmm. So it'll have air going through. I, I don't think it'll take that long to dry.
1: Yeah, we'll see.
0: <laughs> it's a big experiment.
1: Yes, but yeah, I mean, I think that just getting it over with, so many people have been asking, and then we can let them know how it went.
0: So just to run through the laundry, underneath the bed I have a, actuating plunger that i got on amazon um we're going to empty out one of the coolers in the car that has our steak in it just leave that in the car and then bring the cooler over to our outside fire i have a big what would you say is that a three gallon two two gallon pot
1: yeah i don't know if we should put that on the fire though
0: it's you know, what, what else would we use
1: i mean i don't know i just do not want that to get ruined like i don't think that's made to be put on a fire you know
0: i mean it's I've been using it with the propane. Yeah, yeah,
1: we can do
0: it. I mean, the thing is, worst case, I'll get a new one after, because I I don't think we have any other containers that are that big that we can actually warm up water.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, it's our biggest container to warm up water in, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because we didn't. It's
1: like a big stew pot.
0: If I would have thought about laundry, I probably would have picked up a big. Actually, you know what I should have brought is our non-pressurized canner. Um, mm.
1: that,
0: that would have yeah, been perfect, that been good. but either way, that, that's what we have. So we're going to fill that up, get the water steaming, boiling. It already have cold water in there. So probably two gallons, hot water, two gallons, cold water from the river. Agitate it with our biodegradable laundry. soap. drain that out. Cause it's a cooler refill it with the water mix, agitate that drain that bring them out, bring them into the shower in in the bus and see how it dries. So pillowcases, sheets, and our wool clothes. That, at least I'm gonna put my wool in there and my camo, my awesome um, Duluth fire hose pants that I suggest everybody look into if you're doing anything outside. Yep. That will be our task for today. Yeah. The offer for Neoki still stands, though, if you decide you want to do that.
1: I'm not just gonna have you do laundry.
0: All right. Anything else before we get to our Q and A today? Um, are you confident in what you ha- in that you have plenty of food and won't need to go to town for more? I'm very confident that we have plenty of food. I mean, I feel like we're we're stockpiling fairly well. Besides our salty, vinegary stuff,
1: mm-hmm. we
0: are we are running a little low on salty fatty vinegary stuff because I think we underestimated how much our body would be craving that mm-hmm. but in terms of food we are I feel like we could last into late summer I
1: feel like we could last the year
0: I, I honestly we have so
1: much food I We're way over prepped
0: I have to agree with that dog food not so much but our food yeah like so just just for context we when we got our quarter cow we had what 60 pounds of ground beef Do you remember? It was like 60 to 70 of the poundage we got was ground beef. I used three of those packets for tacos that fed us two nights and then me, you and Allie one night. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that was three meals for both of us twice and then three people once. And we had to, like, we were still full and we just finished it off because there wasn't that much left. Yeah. So it, it's going much further than I anticipated, and it's lasting longer than I anticipated. Do you have concerns for about mold and how do you control for it? No concerns about mold. The wood stove actually keeps it very dry in here. Um, even condensation up front, it gets rid of it fairly quickly. If there is mold, and I'll just drive this thing down to Arizona, I guess, and just let it bake in the... The desert Uh, Pauline I asked this question in the video chat by accident just wanted to know if you own tiny tours or work with them doing videos I'm a big fan of you and Linnea and the doggies hope your spider bite gets better soon yeah so I started tiny home tours a long time ago and uh, yeah I started it and the spider bite is much better Um, Karen You have skills in so many areas, electrical, plumbing, construction, and survival. I am a, I am a good, uh, a good, uh, what's, what's that word? I'm definitely not skillful in those areas. I'm good at trying my hand at them. (laughs) That's for sure. I guess it's more along the lines, I'm willing to throw myself into it and try it unless it's above my pay grade, then I just pay people to do it. Um, did either of you have previous backgrounds and training before or setting out to live off-grid? I commend you both for living your best lives and sharing your adventures. At least for me, I think I'm just more along the lines of jumping into stuff with, with both feet and not really worrying about it and trying to figure it out. Where are you at with that?
1: If we have previous backgrounds or training. Yeah. Um, I would say that I'm similar as far as previous background. Um, like, I'm also one to just like jump in and try things on my own. So like for my van, I built that all by myself and I didn't have any prior experience, but the beauty of today is that you can find so much information online. YouTube is a wonderful source to learn things. And I learned how to do my own electrical and how to build my cabinets and how to install floor. Everything that I did in my van, I just learned online and I jumped in and did it. Doesn't mean that it's perfect. Doesn't mean that it's beautiful, uh, but I love it and it's perfect for me. And then as far as like outdoor stuff and being out here outside, I do have a lot of experience in the backcountry. I have a lot of experience. I, I don't know that I'd say um, survival. I would not consider this survival. Um, that is something that I'd like to dive deeper into. As far as like outdoor survival stuff, I do have some skills in that realm, but I'd like to, to really like really dive into that maybe some like courses out east or whatever coming up. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: But I think the best way, like you said, the best way to just learn about it is actually to jump in and do it and learn along the way.
0: I think we're both of that mindset and I think it's why we get along so well. And so yeah. we end up out in a school bus during winter in Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Um, Susan, can you post how we met again? So that's on the Naes channel. I will post that in the top of the description of this video. Um, Debbie, well, Debbie Wellman, my grandma used to freeze dry her clothes on a line outside in the winter, then stand them in the, uh, in a room to thaw.
1: That's funny. You want to try it? Sure.
0: We'll, we'll use that. We should with should look
1: some... into that. That's funny.
0: So what, what I'll do, I'll, I'll use my pants as a sample. I'll do one pair of freeze drying outside and then I'll do one pair, um, trying on the rack in here and see which one works better. Um, (laughs) Jeanette, when are you guys getting married? I don't don't know. I don't know if Linnea is convinced that she wants to put up with me yet. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you keep saying that. I'll have to woo her some more, I guess. Uh, Rebecca, I am in Yuma, Arizona. Um, So not missing the snow, thank you both. We'll stay the whole winter. Up there. Think you both will stay the whole winter up there. Good luck. Do you think we'll stay the whole winter up here?
1: Yeah, I'm wishing that it was even a little longer. I wish that we weren't done in March. Like I wish that we could go into spring and like really take on like spring stuff. But I think that maybe we'll be ready to go in two months. I don't know. But I think like literally without a doubt, unless something happens to one of the dogs, we're here to stay.
0: Yeah. Or Or spider bites or any of that bullshit. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I have that guy's trip, but at the same time, I can go and come back. And you can have, like, a reprieve of going to the store or whatever. You can stay out here. Like, it's, we make our own rules. I mean, we we say that a lot, but literally, we make our own rules. We Mm -hmm. We could stay here and then just go visit Sturgeon Bay. We, I'll edit that. Um, we can stay here and then go visit friends and family and then come back. Cause it's going to be warm enough. We can literally lock up the bus and then like the only place I need to be in spring period is down to Indiana from wild mushroom hunting. And I could literally be leave the bus here and drive the car down. Like we make our own rules. We can do what we want. And I'm, and I'm up for that.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited though to go hang out with Noah in the Keys.
0: Mm, That is true. That would feel really nice. When when will we? I don't know. Just like right
1: after this, we were gonna head down. I think.
0: Well, I could always just put the bus in storage. In your hometown. And then come back up after. Like, I'm I'm open for whatever. I really do enjoy it out here. Um, Daniel Smith, what's up, brother? Are you getting used to the cold? We answered that already, but i think i'm pretty used to it
1: i'm loving it i'm really loving it
0: you ever think you'd say that no that negative 22 was brutal but
1: yeah like well, how it is pretty. now
0: is awesome mm-hmm. just wish the sun was out
1: yeah the sun would change the sun would change things it's so beautiful when the sun comes up like not having it and then right now everything's covered in ice the other day the sun came out and i was just like out loud all by myself oh my gosh this is so beautiful akila do you see how beautiful this is? <laughs> and the sun is just like illuminating all these frozen branches and oh my gosh it's beautiful
0: yep like i got some drone footage but just being like the drone does not capture it just even being here at the ground like watching the sunset
1: and... yeah we finally saw a sunset
0: it was beautiful, the, the sun was amazing, you could see the ice reflecting off the tree branches. and It was just, it was gorgeous, like, it was so good. And then the next day it goes back to, to gray. It's not complaining that it's great. it's just like, man, I enjoy it so much when the sun's out here.
1: Yeah.
0: And we are on Insta now, a couple more questions. Um, Sammy Helms, are there any foods or things you're missing while being off-grid?
1: Oh, that's a really good question because I was thinking about this the other day. What was I, I was reading, maybe I was reading my book. Uh, anyway. Um, I think that the biggest thing is like that we didn't pickle enough stuff. Like we're really craving salt and like vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, as far as food, I am shocked at how little I crave things. Like I'm not craving or wishing really that we had much more. Same. And I think that some of that has to do with like when you have too many options, you know, it's like kind of when you go to a restaurant and it has such a big menu and you order the chicken tenders and you get your chicken tenders and you're like, shoot, I should have ordered the burger, you know? And it's like you automatically just as humans when we have so many options, we don't like enjoy that option as much because we're thinking of what we could have had instead. Hmm. But out here, it's like we have our chili and our chicken soup if we don't want to cook. Other than that, we have like cuts of meat that we have to choose from and um, like three different vegetables from the root cellar and some snacks here and there. And then we can get creative with those things. Of course, Mm -hmm. bread is a staple. So our choices are limited and we don't have the option to go to the store. We don't have the option to go out to eat. We don't have the option to do anything else. And so we're just very content with the things that we have i think
0: i agree and also i think that reminds me first thought when i hear that is the potato diet to where people that need to lose a lot of weight instead of getting surgery if they just want to use their and it's not for everybody but it's people that want to use their willpower and try this route other than other options is the only thing you eat for a week are potatoes no butter no salt raw potatoes when you're hungry you eat the potato and then you slowly add different food in. And I know that can be controversial one way or the other, but it reminds me of that because it, when when all you have is a raw potato to nourish yourself, you're only gonna eat when you're hungry. And I feel like what we have out here without all these options, like we eat when we're hungry, of course, but there's not that many options and everything we have is pretty healthy. So just an example, we were looking at like, on my editing on my computer it was a a video of me when we first got out here like talking versus now you said my face looks skinnier like i think it like i've definitely lost weight out here and not negatively like it's mostly mostly fat i'd say and i think having those less options with food that we enjoy like it's never been a time to where it's like oh we got to eat this again Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so it's been working pretty well anything else you want to Mention with that.
1: Mm-mm.
0: What was the highlight of off-grid living in the woods so far? And that's from Diafranca.
1: I've really loved learning to cook bread in the Dutch oven. It feels like a really cool skill that I'm honing in. And um, other than like that overarching thing, I would say the first big snowstorm and being in the van and just like, Seeing all this beautiful powder, like everywhere, and it so fresh and covering all the branches, and it felt like a winter wonderland as the sun came out. and I was so cozy with the wood stove in the van. It was just like the most beautiful morning ever. I made coffee, like door wide open. I had my wood stove going, but my door was wide open because I just wanted to enjoy it and made coffee while looking at all the snow and it was, that was like one of my favorite mornings ever.
0: same here that that morning with the snow it had like this purple haze to it with all the snow and everything just completely covered that was astounding that that was absolutely like there, there's really no words for it definitely had to experience it. the videos didn't do it justice at all like it's had to be there um and then also just the overarching like feeling from time to time i'll be walking through the bus and just so I guess it's like proud of the bus or just feeling so cozy walking through the bus, being out here in its self-contained system. And the heat it's providing us, the place to sleep and shower and bathroom and kitchen, like just feeling so fulfilled Mm -hmm. and proud of the bus. I don't know how to explain that, but it's like the bus is its own entity and it's providing this for us. And I love getting in that feeling. It happens from time to time. Uh, Isabel, or Izzy, be honest. And just so people know, if you ask a couple questions, I'm just going to skip the second one just for uh, make sure we get all these in. So, Leszy, be honest. What does winterizing the van look like? What do you do with the electronics?
1: Yeah, so the van isn't very winterized right now. Um, So I have a wood stove in there. And I think that if I didn't have the wood stove, I'd be a little bit more worried about condensation and mold growth. But with the wood stove, everything does stay quite dry. Um, I am going to be adding some, um, what is it called? Uh, Like rigid foam board onto the windows and one of the fans because there is a lot of cold air coming through those when I'm in in the van. And when it gets really cold, like in the teens, um, I do notice a lot of cold air seeping in through there so I still have yet to do that because we did have a warm spell and I like being able to look out of my windows when I'm like in bed or working um, and so does Aquila and Kobuck when they're in there. So I have really held off on that. As far as my electronics, so my Battleborn batteries are struggling and um, my electrical system is struggling. I don't use anything except for my lights. So my fridge is turned off and my freezer is turned off. I obviously don't have a diesel heater anymore. Um, I don't use my inverter. So the only thing that is drawing from my system are my lights. And my Battle Born batteries are literally in the worst position right now to get heat. So my, the top part of my van stays really warm because my wood stove is like higher than, you know, than ideal. And my batteries are tucked away in the far back corner above a wheel well. So what I will be doing, um, is adding, um, some heating pads that are connecting, like they're connected to the battery, basically, and they provide some warmth for the battery. And what I'd like to do, depending on how, the, how all this pans out before next year, actually exchanging my batteries to self heated batteries, because if they do get low, which they do, and they stay at a really low temperature at a low voltage, that can do damage. Not necessarily a damage that I'll notice immediately, but like 10 years down the road, like their capacity will drop basically. So those are my thoughts right now on, on the van and the electronics and the winter aspect of it.
0: Makes sense. Um, Diafranca, oh, sorry, I already did that one. Meldup M M D. What is your take on alcohol consumption during this off grid time? Do you, did you stock up, limit yourself?
1: I'm not a big drinker, so I'm very happy without alcohol. We've had, I really, I really like having alcohol to cook with. I love cooking with white and red wine or whiskey is really good for like sauteing vegetables. Actually whiskey. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like whiskey carrots. Yeah.
0: So I do enjoy drinking from time to time. I think my favorite is like wine or beer while watching a movie. Like that is very relaxing for me. But out here, we basically didn't bring any alcohol. Like the other night, we had a our first board game night. That's actually something that yeah, happened. Yeah, I
1: forgot about that.
0: We we had our first board game night and we shared about a quarter of a glass of wine, but it got spilled.
1: Yeah, I spilled it. Oops. <laughs> hmm. So. I spilled it all over his left slipper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> still smells great. Um. Yeah, so I feel like for me, what I've always done historically is take like three or four months off a year, just to balance. But I do enjoy drinking, like playing poker with family and then just drinking beer, hanging out with family, playing poker or cards. Super fun for me, but trying to limit. And I do think, you know, it's kind of one of those things. If I ever do have kids, I think that I will stop drinking, period. Like, I've I've always viewed it as a time limit on mm-hmm. drinking in, in my life, to where it serves a purpose up until a certain point, and then once it's done, it's done. This is a big question, unless you want to add anything to that. Um, Memento Oculus. How did you figure out what you wanted to do in life?
1: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, babe.
0: I've always wanted to do this.
1: You've always wanted to be the manager in honor of Time Home Tours.
0: I don't think that that that's what allows me to do what I want to do. Where my head went with that question was like what we're doing now. Mm. I didn't even think about work.
1: Yeah.
0: I wonder, did, did you view it a different way? Yeah, kind of. How did you figure out what you wanted to do in life? Yeah, I mean, my job allows me to live the life I wanted to live. Even when I was hustling and building it myself and being burnt out as hell. um, It was all about living the life I wanted to live. So I I view the job as a catalyst that allows me to live the way I want to live. That's Mm. what I and what I do is live the way I want to in my school bus.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. What about you?
1: Oh, I have this idea of, like, I've always called it, like, the breath of life, which sounds kind of woo-woo, but that's what it feels like to me. So, um, throughout my life, I would say ever since my, like, after my freshman year of college, I started to feel a lot less rigid about life. So, um, I always thought that I had to have, like, a career path and a specific type of education. I had to, um, like be a certain way in society. And after my freshman year of college, I just started to, I don't know really where it came from, but I just kind of started to like challenge that in myself. And I also felt, um, so I was playing basketball in college. Um, and so that was very much a job. It was very difficult to, to balance school and whatever. Anyway, so, I started feeling really pulled back to nature. And that was like the first time that I really felt like I just went with the breath of life. And so a big part of my childhood was nature and being outside. And that's something that my parents cherished and really like got all of us kids out doing camping, backpacking, portaging, all of that. And I I felt so pulled back to that and what I felt like is really my truth when I was in college and started making different decisions just to go with like where I felt like I was being pulled or blown by that like breath of life that I mentioned. And so how I knew what I wanted to do, I literally just tried a bunch of stuff and allowed my like passions to guide what I wanted to do. And slowly the decisions that I made brought me closer to the life that I really wanted to live. And like Chris mentioned, um, like his job allows him the life that he really wants. And that is also what I decided early on that I wanted. I just wanted to live a certain lifestyle and however I could get there, that's just what I did. So I now am a YouTuber. Which is so weird to say, because never in my life was I like, I want to be a YouTuber. I just slowly made decisions over time that aligned with the lifestyle that I wanted. And making videos had just kind of fall, like I just kind of fallen into that. And I love it. And that also doesn't mean that this is exactly where I'm going to end in life. Maybe, maybe I'll be a YouTuber forever. Or maybe I will have this amazing opportunity with something that brings me to a different career or um you know whatever i'm I'm very open to what's next too as long as i'm still living this, this lifestyle that i really love which is close to nature i like to live very simply and to travel and experience new things and to forever learn new skills that's my answer
0: yep gary v one of the guys i would not be where i'm at right now without listening to his stuff he says your 20s are for tasting go out and make mistakes go out and live in a four bedroom house with 10 people that are content creators or stockbrokers or whatever your passion is, like go out there, taste, see what's out there, make mistakes, break things. And then once you have a general idea, once you find something that works for you, then you pursue that with all you got. And,
1: and if you're not twenties, like do this in your thirties, do that or in your forties. fifties, sixties. Yeah. You can do that whenever you want. Like it doesn't, I don't know. I think that's such great advice. And I think even if you find something you want to pursue, and five years down the road you decide that you're not into it anymore, then you can also do something else or or gain skills in another area.
0: Yep. I mean that's that's kind of how I feel. I mean right now the social media stuff's doing well. Tiny Home Tours is growing. Like I said, we just brought on four new people, but at the same time I know it could be gone the next day, and I just have to adjust and figure it out. Yeah. Like I, I always think I, I don't I don't think it's going to be consistent. And I think I've talked about this with you before in a podcast maybe, or maybe it's just our personal. I don't remember, but this really struck me when I was, for whatever reason, there was like this 70s sitcom on like maybe the Jeffersons or something. And it wasn't the main characters, like one of the B characters. And I was like, I bet he thought he made it and this show would last forever. He probably spent his money in a way that the show would last forever. Mm -hmm. He probably acted around his friends and family like this show would last forever. And it just struck me that no matter how secure or what I think is like, what, what I'm doing is gonna be around forever. It's not, I'm not. And on a long enough timeline, nobody's ever gonna remember who I was, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever I think. Mm-hmm. So I think that was like within that one show, I viewed all of that within like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm right right there with you. Like I've, I've always think that. Um, Lady Trekkie, 42. Has being off-grid together changed your relationship at all? Any benefits, any struggles? I'd say both. I'd say so.
1: Yeah.
0: I would say being out here has... What's the best way to put it? I feel like we were pretty close to begin with where it's brought us closer, but at the same time, we're digging deeper into who the other person actually is Mm -hmm. And from time to time, that digging deeper hits nerves. It hits particular aspects of us that either one of us might not know is there. Yeah. Because for me, at least my personal experience, and I've told you this, is like I've put more energy and effort into this relationship than any relationship I've ever been in. So I'm finding parts of me and aspects of me. And to be completely honest, like I'm doing therapy for the first time in my life. And one of the reasons, it's not the only reason, one of the main reasons is this relationship. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I think it's been better, but it's been an uphill walk with figuring it out. It's work, I I should say. Like, not that the relationships work, but figuring out these different aspects that we're getting deeper into out here is definitely work. Yeah. So I think it's been for the better.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think that we're learning so much about each other and that we get to spend time together that I think the majority of couples don't, you know, the majority of couples, I would say have opposite jobs or they're gone for eight eight hours a day and they reconvene at the end of the night. And we are together literally all day. I mean, there are days we're all just like spend in the van or even nights that I'll spend in the van, but we're together the majority of the time. And we also have shit to figure out together, not like between our relationship. Like, of course there's that too, but we have like constant things to figure out together, living off grid and right. living this lifestyle. And so it's like constant teamwork. Um, and that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. You were in your van for what, two hours reading your book or you're, you're doing some over there last night. Was it about two hours?
1: Well, I was in there for the early afternoon and then went back in the evening. Yeah. I was working.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I, I had my session actually yesterday. Um, but it, it feels weird without you in here during the day. Like that, that's how much we're together. It's not like like when people, are, I feel like typical relationships when people are around each other more than normal, it feels weird for them. Mm-hmm. When we're actually apart, it feels weird. Yeah, that's true. Um, What are your favorite? These. This is from Kiel Kozoro. What's your favorite chores? What are your least favorite? My favorite chores are gathering water. It's nice mine and too. peaceful down there.
1: That's mine too.
0: Uh least favorite? Um I don't really have a least favorite. I like doing the wood, I like doing water, compost pile doesn't bother me.
1: My least favorite is when I run the generator.
0: <laughs> is that a chore? Yeah. You don't think
1: that's a chore? How is that? Running a... the generator?
0: Yeah. I go out there and turn on the propane tank and press a button. Maybe it's a chore for you to listen to (laughs) it.
1: It is. (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: TFIN42. I'd love to know more about your compost and toilet works. Maintenance involved. And this actually goes to Jason Openshaw, who manages Tiny or the Off-Grid Schoolie Facebook group. How often do you empty the compost and toilet? We will do this together. Um, In terms of changing the compost and toilet, I just did it yesterday. We're... A month and a week, month and a half in.
1: Yep. But this is the second time we've changed it. Right. Wait. Yeah. Second time we've changed it.
0: Mm-hmm. And did, did I change it right before? I, I don't know if I did.
1: I don't think so. No, I, cause I, we were at my house and we didn't change it.
0: And you know, to be completely frank, I think we both had some stomach issues recently. So I don't know if this last we time, <laughs> this last time wasn't an, an accurate de- depiction of how long it lasts, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, two times in a month and a half. Yeah. Um, and in terms of how it works, maintenance involved, um, it's a nature's head compost toilet. There is really no maintenance besides cleaning it in terms of cleaning it, just wipe it down with bleach wipes. and It's fine.
1: I will say the nature's head, okay, let down. I will say the nature's head, um, it's not easy to clean all the little areas like poop gets kind of like splattered in places that you can't reach, like cleaning it is, is cool as far as like that, you know, the top can come off, you empty it in a bucket, but um, it is kind of a pain to clean.
0: I, I don't mind it. It's it's 12 minutes of dealing with, with crap to have the convenience of having a bathroom inside. It's more than worth it for me. And it's like, what while you're cutting wood, like I said, I just did it because I really don't mind it. I don't think it's something that you necessarily enjoy. But for me, I think I've done it, I mean, Honestly, I got the nature set before the bus was even finished. I'm so used to it. Like when I first started doing it, I was like, oh, I gotta do this all the time. To where now it's like, I would rather do it myself so you don't have to deal with it while you're cutting wood. I'm like, cool, she's out there cutting wood. I'm gonna do this real quick. So- I mean, I don't mind it. Yeah.
1: I just think that the design could be better, to be honest. That's all I'm saying is like-
0: Let's let's design one and sell it. <laughs> um, Drift Panthera, propane heat, solar heat. Neither, wood heat. Um, just the casual observer. What's the Schoolie's battery capacity now? Around sixteen hundred amp hours. Um, Pascal and Rachel, have you both considered to give up your challenge in case you're struggling too much? I don't think that's gonna be an issue.
1: I don't find this as a as a struggle at all. I, I don't either. I would like more of a struggle in the future.
0: <laughs> I know you would. Like what would be an example of no, no propane tanks for the generator? Like we just run out of power and, or do do you want a little foot pedal out there? A little hand crank to crank the, crank the generator for your laptop to get 10% so you can send an email.
1: (laughs) I mean, my ideal, like, I feel like one of my bucket list items is to build a little cabin and just be able to take half of a year, like a winter and just not have to have power and just live and just see what that's like.
0: I, I can, I can agree with that. <laughs> you don't believe me? <laughs> you you think, I mean, the thing is, if it doesn't have power and I just have like one of those little, those little rolly up power banks from goal zero or whatever, and I just have my phone to manage everything, turn it on four hours a day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would, would, would that be against the rules? No. You You don't think I could do that?
1: No, I think that you could do that. If the solar was working.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, next year, what we talked about doing and take some custom modifications and working with tiny wood stove is getting a um, what? What's it called? I don't remember. Hydro hydroelectric. Basically, it it heats the radiant floor from the wood stove and then also produces hundred watt of continuous watts power whenever it's on so we've talked about getting that for next year yeah
1: it which seems would like a be cool system. a
0: lifesaver yeah Like getting that extra hundred watts throughout the day mm-hmm. dude um painted buffalo what's the worst part so far and what's your favorite worst and that that's the last questions where we end here worst and favorite parts.
1: I mean, I guess the worst part was for me when I got sick. That was very uncomfortable. I haven't had a fever like that in years.
0: I would say worst part for me was the spider bite.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Best part? Just being out here, like just being out in nature and having access to a lot of public land on the road and learning new skills. I could go on and on about what the what the great parts are.
0: I, I think there's, at least for me, and I think you're the same way, there's no one particular aspect that's my best favorite part. Just being out here in general, like this experience itself is the best part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She just moved into a cute little A-frame cabin. Painted Buffalo? Yep. It's really cozy. Where's she at? It's like the cutest damn thing I've ever seen. Well,
0: shout out to Painted Buffalo. Her stuff would be you. Link down below. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye.
1: Bye. Keely did so good. Only one little grumble. I tried to hurry it up.